Hi, this is Nathan Caldwell. You may know me from Protectorate Productions, Protectors of the Book, Team Jadith Live, Dr. What. Well, I'm starting a new show. It's called Protectorate Productions Comedy Showcase. You will hear things from Classic Team Jadith Live, some new items, and I'm hoping to get some other podcasters on board by simply asking them if I could use some clips from their shows, maybe even from shows long ago. Well, jump into the adventure with me, because here we go. And here's this week's old-time radio moment, brought to you by the Retro Radio Podcast and Keith Heltley. To be a big uh, league ball player, you've got to get yourself in shape. Now, from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., you lift weights. From 9 to 10, deep knee bends. 10 to 11, skip rope. 11 to 12, run five miles. 12 to 1, I'll never make it. I lost. <laughs> you idiot, you'll never be a ball player. Staying up late and going to nightclubs, eating rich food, running around with beautiful girls. Do you know what can happen to you? Yes, I can become manager of the Brooklyn Dodgers. I... <laughs> oh. Costello. I don't even know why DiMaggio picked you. You don't even know how to swing a bat. I know all about swinging bats. When I was a kid, my father used to hit me with a baseball bat. My brother used to hit me with a baseball bat. My Uncle Artie Stebbins used to hit me with a baseball bat. And my mother used to hit me with a tennis racket. With a tennis racket? Yes, she didn't like baseball. <laughs> well, well, it's Kenny Ennis. Hey, Costello. I heard about you taking uh, Joe DiMaggio's place for the New York Yankees. That's right. You know, I used to pitch for the Hollywood Stars. And boy, I'll never forget my last game. There were five men on base. Oh, oh no, wait, 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 wait. Five men on base. Now, that's impossible. Did you ever see the Hollywood stars play? Ennis, I... <laughs> I've seen the Hollywood stars, and I don't remember you. Oh, I've changed a lot since then. I had the biggest buck teeth you ever saw. I was the only man on the team that could slide into second base and spike you from either end. <laughs> well, so long, Fatso. So long, Skinny. So long. Hey, you know that skinny would make an ugly skeleton? All right. <laughs> okay, so what do you call a uh, male bovine with boxing gloves? A bullfighter. Speaking of cows, what do you call a cow with a katana? Mulan. Whoa, Jada! How you doing, Emo? I'm all right, man. I want you to meet my Aunt Cindy. Hello, it's good to meet you. Aunt Cindy, like, this is Jadis, man. Oh, it was so good to meet you. Aren't you a handsome fellow? <laughs> what you say, me and you go paint the town red right now? Uh, r- right now? You know, I I really just got finished with a big painting job, and I'm not really interested in... Oh, you hate me! (laughs) Now, calm down. I don't hate you. (laughs) You don't? No. I'm not a tyrant. I don't want to see you crying. You mean you care about my feelings? Of course I do. Listen to Fred Passmore and John Lawhon from SheepLaughsComedyShow.com. 
Repent or go to hell. Jesus loves you. Hey, buddy, what's with the sign? Well, why don't you just read it? Uh, it says John 3.16. Hey, that's a Bible reference, ain't it? Obey the Lord. Yes, it's a Bible reference. <laughs> Jesus loves you. Well, what does it say? What? What does John 3.16 say? Look, I don't have time to explain it. I'm trying to preach to all these people. We're commanded of the Lord to tell the world the good news of the gospel. That's what I'm doing. I'd sort of like to know what it's all about. I've had a lot of problems lately, and I... Resist the devil. Look, pal, you're really becoming a distraction. Every second I stand here talking to you, I'm missing an opportunity to reach thousands. Why don't you just get lost? Have it your way, then. I think religion is just one big disaster anyway. Woo! I can finally get back to the mission field. Repent or go to hell. The end is near. Ah, the glorious out of doors. Ah, I see a wild creature out here. I think it's a, uh-oh, oh, oh, crud. It's, oh man, it's, it's a bat free. Um, guys, guys, uh, listen to this sketch by John Bell. Um, I've, I've got to hide. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on. Uh, I had to hide. I had to get in the building. That bat freeze are dangerous, man. They are dangerous. Oh, okay. Um, I think I'm safe now. Bells in the Bat Free, John Bell's show, can be found at thebatfree.com on the Mutual Audio Network and finer podcast sites. Fine, fine, finer podcast sites? John, are you are you sure that's what I was supposed to read? Yes, yes, the finer sites. We're trying to imply that only the finer sites would carry bells in the in the Okay, you can skip that part. My next guest has written a book on how to survive a marriage, how to make it last. So I'd like you to So I'd like you to welcome to the studio Something's wrong. Uh, hold on just a second. Something's wrong with the audio here. Let me see if I can get hold of Arnie. Arnie? Yes, Mr. Bell, I'm here. What's up? There's something wrong with the audio. I'm getting the strange sound in my headphones. That's just you talking. <laughs> Arnie, can you come in here, please, and see what the problem is? I'm already here, Mr. Bell. What? I'm right behind you. How can you... Yeah! See, told you. Arnie, how are you sounding... Huh? Uh, why is your voice... Why is my voice... Oh, my goodness. Listen to my voice. I must have a frog in my throat. Hold on. <coughs> Hi-ho, everybody. Here, I feel much better now. Uh, Arnie, look, my next guest is outside waiting to come in. But I don't want her to come in here while the the audio is all messed up. Can you see what the problem is? Sure, sure, sure. Let's take a look under the hood here. Uh, let's see. There's the frantic, the perforator, the unstanguacolating uh, oscillator for the ramfraggle gym sparkle. Oh, here's your problem, Miss Carabelle. Oh, what is it there? It's the uh, color tube. The what? It's a color tube. I'm going to have to replace Will it. Will I be able to do the podcast if you... Uh... Well, it, when I take it out, you'll still be able to do your podcast, but it'll be in black and white instead of color. Black and white? Yeah, once I take the color tube out, the color disappears, and the whole podcast will just turn black and white. How can the podcast be well, in... Well, do you want me to replace it or not, Mr. Bell? You're wasting time Okay, here. okay. okay. Uh, yeah, go ahead and pull it out and replace it. We'll just go black and white, I guess. All right, I'll pull it right out. You're calling your next guest. Here we go. And... It was a Thursday afternoon, not unlike any other Thursday afternoon, meaning I was alone with my oldest friend, a bottle of scotch, and it had aged much better than I had. 
We're having a meaningful discussion when a knock came to the door. A knock like a pile driver desperate to break what's left of Jimmy Hoffa from the concrete foundation of a downtown Chicago department store. I didn't have any active clients at the moment, my last two clients having become permanently inactive during the more dangerous parts of my last investigations. So I called out for the person in the hall to make their way through the unlocked door and into my sparsely furnished excuse for a reception area. The doorknob turned slowly, like the tire of a 38 Chevy, as it inches its way through a downpour while the driver tries to wipe the fog off the windshield for a better view. And the view couldn't have been better than what walked through the door in stiletto heels, so tall and sharp that Robin Hood could have used them to steal from anybody he felt like and keep it all for himself. It was a dame, a classy dame. A dame so classy that you'd almost not call her a dame, but a dame she was, in that she was female. And you could tell that she was female even if you were sitting in a steam room with a bucket over your head. Her eyes were bluer than a depressed bluebird of happiness in a block of ice. Her lips were redder than an embarrassed sunburned redbird signing up for a communist rally. Her skin was softer than the feathers of a peacock who got caught in the fluff cycle of a clothes dryer. This bird had class. I couldn't wait to hear her sing. I pointed to the cleanest chair in my office, which was dust-free because my previous client had been sitting on it all night before the coroner removed him from it this morning. She sat down and... What can I do for you? Well, Mr. Bell... Her voice was as sweet as a package of Pez and a Shirley Temple dispenser with chocolate on top. My husband is philandering. Let's talk about Phil later. What can I do for you, Mrs. Andering? She blushed slightly. A delicate shade of red crossed her cheeks like a baby's butt after it's been slapped with talc. Except without the talc. You misunderstand me, Mr. Bell. My name is Wood. Shirley Wood. Hello, Mrs. Wood. Tell me about your husband, Phil. My husband's name is Red. I see. He uses an alias, eh? I just met this beauty, and already her story had more twists and turns than a snake with a heartburn trying to dance the samba on a hot sidewalk with some kid shooting BBs at it. Perhaps I should start at the beginning. I was impressed. Looks and brains. Go ahead, Mrs. Wood. Tell me your story. Tell me your tale of treachery so vile that the entire Spanish Inquisition would seem more like a 4 fundraiser for a homeless kitten featuring the Osmonds by comparison. I'll do my best. You see, I've been married for ten years. Congratulations. Not today. I What meant... kind of lies are you feeding me, Mrs. Wood? Is this your anniversary or not? No, it's not. I hated doing that to her, but I had to know the truth. For truth is a foundation upon which an investigation can be built and stand the test of time, instead of lies, which are the quicksand that sucks under everything that you hold dear, forsaking nobody, and ending up with everybody unhappy, covered with mud, and some poor Joe being strapped into the electric chair. Is that what you want? Is what what I want? I forgot that my truth analogy was an internal monologue and I hadn't said it out loud, except for the part where I said... Is that what you want? Is what what I want? I did it again. I realize I have to treat this dame with kid gloves. They didn't fit me very well, me being an adult, but I put them on. They were as tight as the night watchman in a beer factory when he's being paid with product instead of money. Okay, spill it. What? The night watchman's beer? I wish I knew when I was talking out loud or not. You're talking out loud. Oh, thank you. Finish your story. You were telling me about Phil. Red. Redwood. I think he's seeing another woman. I thought for a moment. It made sense he would see another woman. There are more women in this world than there are pickled eggs in the big jars and bars across New York City's east side, possibly even a few in the Lower West Side thrown in for good measure. All those women would be hard to miss. I think he wants to marry this other woman, and 
and do away with me. This put a whole different spin on the caper. If you'd only seen this other broad, there'd be no problem. But to see and marry this other woman, no, that doesn't work. I could tell he was as big a heel as the bottom rear of the really big shoe. Okay, let's get to the meat of this problem. Like I get to the meat of a big hero sandwich by biting into it with my teeth and getting past all the bread and lettuce and mayo and tomato to get to the meat, which is in the middle, where my teeth meet. In the meat. I liked it better when you talked to yourself. How do you know your hubby is two-timing you? Little things I've noticed, like... He's been coming home late from work every Monday. He comes in after midnight? He comes in after Thursday. Anything else? He smells of cheap perfume. Instead of the good perfume he usually uses. Exactly. And there's lipstick on his cheek. How do you know that the lipstick belongs to this one particular woman? Because she's still attached to the lipstick. I had to admit, she had a pretty strong case. Okay, sweetheart, maybe he's serious about this dame that's attached to him by the lips, but what makes you think he wants to do you in? Because of something he said yesterday. What was that? He said, honey, I'm going to do you in. Are you sure you heard him right? He wrote it down for me to make sure I understood. She was in a situation that was worse than dodging the bouncing bankers on Black Tuesday back in 29. I gave her my card and told her that I'd get back to her if I had any information. Then she reminded me that she hadn't given me her number. I didn't have anything to write her number on, so I took my card back and wrote her number on it. That one card has lasted me ten years. I began my investigation on the street, specifically Elm Street. Even more specifically, the Elm Street Bar, a great place to get information. It was run by a guy we all called Joe, which was odd because his name was Osgood. Hello, Joe. What do you know? I just got back from a podcast show. Uh, that's all I needed. I was happily absorbing this important piece of information when a weasley little man entered the bar. He was greasy, sweaty, nervous, and very familiar. Last time I saw him, he was working for Gorilla Montague, and it was my understanding that the little twerp fell into disfavor with the gorilla and into the river. But here he was, as alive as the future of radio and it looked like he was looking for somebody. Something in my gut told me he was looking for me. I don't usually listen to my internal organs when they talk, but this time they may have saved my life. I stepped up to the little guy and introduced myself. How do you do? How do I do what? Looking for somebody? Maybe I am, maybe I ain't. Don't play dumb with me. I don't like sweaty and or greasy little gunsels playing me for a patsy. And I especially don't like it when they slap me. So cut it out. I don't like being called a gunsel. I don't have a gun. And if I did, I wouldn't sell it. This half pound of bologna was trying to act as tough as a 50-cent steak at Ralph's, medium well, with some nice hot home fries on the side, which are pretty darn good as long as you give them plenty of ketchup. But it didn't wash. It didn't even get as far as rinse and hold. I tried the direct approach. I thought Gorilla Montague had you fitted for concrete overshoes. He did. You like them? Wingtips. Very stylish. If you knew what's good for you, you'd come with me, Belle. Well, I don't know what's good for me. I eat junk food, run with scissors, and don't play well with others. All I'm saying is, if you want to keep breathing, stay off this case. Who sent you, Pixie Dust? You know I can't tell you that. So I'll write it down. Thanks. Now hit the concrete. I do that wherever I walk. I was getting all sorts of love notes today. There's only one word on the note, and one word was all I needed. Montworth. I knew where my next stop would be. Fred's Bar on East Street. I stepped out into the rain. A rain as refreshing as a flat, warm diet soda on a hot day with stale chips. I was being sarcastic, in case you couldn't tell. 
When I got to Fred's, I interrogated Joe about the price of beers and found out that I needed to head next for the hoity-toity part of town. I was walking along when I heard a voice. You shy, mister? I looked down. This cute little red-headed rugrat was gazing at me with these big green eyes, as green as an emerald stuck in the ghost signal of a traffic light. Not today, sweetheart. Beat it. But it's for a good cause. Is that so? I'm starting an organization for little girls to teach them how to survive in this cruel, cruel world. Uh-huh. I call it the Kitty Campers. Catchy name, isn't it? Sorry, kid. I don't have the time and I don't have the dime. Or two nickels. Or one nickel and five pennies. Or a quarter if you can make change. Well... All right, all right. I'll take a ten-cent shine. Okay. Take off your shoes. I clean them inside and out. I took off my floor shimes for a dime shine and gave them to the little girl. And my mind wandered back to the case. What connection could there be between Mr. Concrete Shoes and Miss Wood? I know I had to make tracks while the trail was still hot. Done with my shoes here, kid? Kid? I continued on in my stocking feet, making a middle note not to trust any dame, especially little red-headed dames with green eyes and a shoeshine kit. Soon I found myself in front of the Motworth Mansion. I rang the bell. No dice. So I rattled the dice. No bell. Hmm. No prize here. Then I noticed the door was slightly ajar. I pulled my second best friend out of his little home under my armpit and slowly opened the door. The foyer was bigger than Radio City Music Hall. In the room, I noticed a teak hat rack, a granite bust of Napoleon, a winding staircase ascending to the upstairs, and a marble floor with a dead body dead center. It was Motworth. I knew him from all the pictures in the newspapers that appeared whenever he broke ground for some new building downtown. I had to make sure he was dead, so I checked for a pulse. Hey, get your hand off my neck. Motworth. You're alive? Of course I'm not alive. I've been shot a whole bunch of times. Then why do I not see any blood or bullet holes? This is black and white. You never saw blood or gore in black and white. You just had to assume that the body was dead. Ah, so you are dead. Yes. Oh, unless you'd like a more dramatic death. Yeah, let's do that. Oh, okay. <clears throat> is somebody there? Who are you? <coughs> My name is Bill. I'm a podcaster. Take it easy, Mountworth. You're in bad shape. But I work out. I don't think these holes we can't see are going to work out well for you. Who shot you? Can you tell me? Yes, I can. Well? What? Tell me who shot you. Oh, right, right, right. <clears throat> it was... <coughs> it was... <coughs> it was... It was... <sighs> and with that, he was gone. I had a mystery it on my... was... <coughs> And with that, he was... It was! And with that, he was gone. I had a mystery on my hands. I had no clues except for the fact that Shirley Wood was walking down the staircase with a huge automatic in her mitt. You arrived in an awkward time, Mr. Bell. So you off to Mutworth, eh? Why? He was my husband. We were secretly married two years ago. I kept my maiden name to keep our secrets safe. Our life together was a living heck. Heck? Black and white. Why did you lie to me about your husband's name? If you knew that my husband was really a rich millionaire, you may have charged me more. Fair enough. You needed a patsy. You wanted me to take the blame after you murdered him. No, it was an accident. I knew he was seeing another woman. Wait, he's a woman? No, I'm the woman that makes the woman he was seeing the other woman. I'm glad we cleared that up. I confronted him. We argued. He pulled out the automatic. 
Brad, I must confront you about seeing another woman. I'm not a woman. How dare you? You beast. I will pummel your chest. Ow! 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 Just for that, I'll pull out my automatic! We are fighting over the gun. Give it to me. No! Ow! Ow! Let me have it! Let me have it! Ow! And that's what happened. The gun accidentally went off. It went off six times. Then you paused to reload it, and it went off six more times. Oh, you saw that? Yes. Darned flashbacks. I'm afraid you're going to the hot seat, Mrs. Wood. Or should I say Mrs. Montworth? I think the now very wealthy widow Montworth, who can afford a very good lawyer to beat this rap, would work here. But tell me, why did you do it? Why? Why did I do it? I'll tell you why. I did it because... <laughs> Because that's the best way to save a marriage. What? The pointer's in my book. How to save your marriage? I, I don't understand. Mr. Bell, I replaced your color, too. Oh, so we're in color again. Yeah, and stereo, too. Isn't that good news? So you're not a gunsel? Nope. And our guest is not a murderer? That's correct. And Brad is still alive? Okay, so it's not all good news. Okay, I've got to take a break now. Everybody, please excuse me. I'm just uh, going to step outside for a minute. not yes it is trust me the end is definitely not near well that's a relief the end is here what have a good day and remember laughter it's a really good medicine